It's This Week in Bourbon, where passion and a healthy obsession of bourbon come together. And here's your headlines from March 11th, 2022. House Bill 500 passes to legitimize the Kentucky barrel selection process. Buffalo Trace OFC 1982 is being released in massive six-liter bottles in the first-ever NFT auction. And Heaven Hill releases two 17-year-old bourbons. But before we begin, here's a quick word from our partners. And they're off for another Gift 270-2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at Give270.org. Charitable Gaming License ORG 0002703. Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or TheBourbonConcierge.com and you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. Do you ever pour yourself a bourbon, swirl it around, and then start struggling to come up with tasting notes? And perhaps you're also looking for a good Father's Day gift idea. Well, you can now solve both with a kit from Nose Your Bourbon. And unlike other nosing kits on the market, Nose Your Bourbon kits feature real ingredients for the most authentic aromas. You can smell real Tahitian vanilla bean instead of some synthetic aroma that's just made from chemicals. So head on over to noseyourbourbon.com and enter code BP10 for 10% off your order. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 a cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. Welcome back, everybody. It's another edition of This Week in Bourbon coming at you. We have uh, actually a lot of news to kind of cover. I'm really surprised as we were closing down last week, there were still more press releases coming in. And I said, well, we'll go ahead and roll them into the next week. I ended up actually removing a few news stories just because there was so much stuff that happened with bourbon. I just said, well, we're not going to talk about some some random wine stuff or anything like that. We'll, we'll keep it in bourbon. And we already kind of talked about a lot of stuff this week, especially on the roundtable. And when it comes to our our first story, and that's talking about Pritzker buying Bardstown Bourbon Company, but we'll get that to the second. I mean, it's just a lot of bourbon news, but a lot of bourbon things happen on our end too. Yeah, I guess we're going to do uh, this day in bourbon. <laughs> they'll turn into just like twenty four hour, like Fox News or CNN. Bum, 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 bum. You know, dun, 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 just just in. We're gonna need some sort of sweet jingle Alert. music. I know. I mean, I, I, I know like people are loving this. Like, I see the download numbers. Like, this is hitting meeting and sometimes exceeding our regular Thursday podcast. So people love just getting the the news roundup. And I know there's a bunch of people in the industry too, that we all love to read Mark Brown's newsletter, but we all don't want to read about financials and vodka every single day. So we try to take all the nuggets out no, there for I, you. I usually read about, I, I, it's on average, maybe one and a half articles on the Mark Brown newsletter out of like, I don't know, there's probably what, 10 to 15 per day. Easy. And I'm like, I'm like, Scrub wine, wine, seltzers, beer, <laughs> whiskey. All right, I'll read that. <laughs> More wine, wine, seltzers, cannabis. Grapes. I'll, I'll read that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we, we extract all... Mark Brown does an excellent job, and I'm so thankful he sends that, but we extract what we want for the bourbon industry. Mm, that, some Google news, some Park Street news, I, some ADI newsletter news. I kind of just take as much as I can and... and 
put it out there for y'all. So let's let's dive and into it. And I do it. nothing. I'll just show up. You but you bring you bring the the great side of things where you just kind of go in blind, you're like, Yeah, that's cool. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> let's see what else what dumb thing I can come up with today. Yeah. What analysis I can the good part is that it's all it's always a podcast and I get to edit it after we're done here. So nobody'll nobody'll know a difference. So we talked about it on the roundtable, which you heard yesterday, but Pritzker Private Capital, otherwise known as PPC, they are a leader in family direct investing. They have announced the acquisition of Bardstown Bourbon Company, also called BBC, who is an innovative distiller, producer, and bottler of premium Kentucky bourbon and rye whiskey brands such as Pursuit Spirits, Pursuit United. PPC is investing alongside members of the Bardstown Bourbon Management Team and its current investors. Mark Irwin, president and CEO of Bardstown Bourbon's current management, will continue to lead the business. However, financial terms were not disclosed. I don't want to go too much yeah. into it because we went that like 20 minutes or 25 minutes on yesterday's episode. I would like to know the financial terms. That's always, <laughs> no, <we> all, <laughs> it's uh, always interesting. Like, like, how much do they make? Those original shareholders? Yeah. Like, it's like, if you if you sell X many bottles, you're worth this much or, or what kind of perceived value. I don't understand how multipliers work, but I'd be interested to see how that all folds into it. Yeah, it's curious because you're like, I'm trying to like run the math in my head. Like, all right, they spent this much on a distillery. They have this many warehouses with this much bourbon in their name and... It's like, how much is all that worth, you know, the mm-hmm. land and everything? It's got to be up there, so who knows? Yeah, that's, well, they've got a lot of land. They're still building more warehouses. It's it's kind of like you look into it, and man, I, I would say that, you know, the, the original investors, they got out at a good time because it's still, they, they made a, a wallop on their investment, and I feel like Pritzker is going to come in and make a wallop on their investment too because we've been saying it for a while. We're still probably in the early stages of what this is all going to look like. And there's only growth from here on out from, from what everybody can kind of see. Yeah. And kudos to the leadership team at Bardstown. You know, they've had this vision and they've built this great thing and it sounds like they're going to stick to, you know, what got them here and, you know, really what got them here was contract distilling, you know, with a little majority or minority focus on their brands and the hospitality side, but you know, mostly the, you know, contract distilling side. And uh, it's great to see that they're going to, you know, kind of double down in that respect and move, keep keep that aspect going for the the industry. So a lot of great companies, you know, are involved at that place. And, and it's good to see that we're all going to have a safe home there for years to come. Yeah. Don't, don't fix what ain't broke. Keep using the same play. If the, uh, if the, if, you know, if the, uh, the cross, you know, the snap and then the, the wide fade out keeps working, just keep running that play. Don't don't stop. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Do the poster out every time. Every time. X. Button hook. Throw it to One X guy give a button hook. Make him out. <laughs> Do the juke lift. It works. So the House Economic Development and Workforce Investment Committee has passed House Bill 500. This was a measure to provide clarity in the process of selecting private barrels at of bourbon at Kentucky distilleries. This was sponsored by House Majority Whip Chad McCoy, and House Bill 500 would establish and legitimize the private barrel selection process with no sample sizes or bottle limits, creating privilege parity with other entities offering private barrel selections. This bill has other similar goals and to also not just legitimize the barrel process, but there was also Senate Bill 160 that passed the Senate Licensing and Occupations Committee earlier this week. House Bill actually goes further than the Senate bill, that also allows distillers to sell barrel select bottles, other product directly to consumers through their gift shop. So House Bill 500 will allow distillers to open also one satellite gift shop to offer tasting and barrel select bottles as an extension of their retail license. House Bill 500 now advances to the full house for considerations. Now, I will say about two or three weeks ago, we came on here talking about how barrel picks are risk and I was very pessimistic because I just said, what's wrong for the past 10 years? Why do we have to do this? Is somebody just trying to make a name for themselves? But apparently what I have learned over the past few weeks is that it was the Kentucky ABC that advised that the law needed to be changed. Either way, I don't feel that enforcement was going to happen, but I am more or less in favor to see what House Bill 500 is going to have only because it keeps adding all these extra pieces I like the idea of having that satellite gift shop to be able to offer tasting and barrel select bottles as an extension of your retail license. So you can open up multiple places. You don't have to have, you know, more of licenses and all of, all the back end bureaucracy that goes into getting all that nonsense set up as well. You want to have a, you know, a 
like a gift or retail shop in a like in a high traffic area and that's not conducive to a distillery or warehousing you know no because you have to have semi trucks coming in you have to have you know there's just a lot of behind the scenes processes that go on a distillery and it really you know a gift shop and restaurant or whatever really gets in the way of all that so it's nice to see that they can be able to do this um kind of helps us as we plan long term that we <laughs> What's can this go mean for us yeah we can go get a shitty warehouse somewhere <laughs> in, a, in a low rent district but put a gift shop in the high rent district i mean it's um, kind of like but, what michter's does already they've got their distillery that's out in shively and they've got warehouses all over the place but then they've got their kind of you know their their dog and pony show or not dog and pony they got their you know they got their their really nice setup downtown yeah. and I bet you they probably are looking at this like, God, we were just a few years too early. Yeah, I mean, all of those downtown distillery distilleries, those stills are just like for show. It's not. Yeah, like, they're not producing much. I mean, like the Evan Williams one makes what a barrel a day. Yeah. The the old Forester, same make, thing. I don't even know if the Mictors ones makes a half barrel a day. It's <laughs> it's a uh, very tiny. It's um, it's just something to kind of get around the law but yeah the loophole mm -hmm. um yeah i think so it did pass i remember getting this email two days ago from adam johnson you know saying here's what's going to be included in the bill and we're asking them to pass so it did pass since tuesday it's it's it now advances to the full house for consideration that's what it says gotcha so i still think okay. that if you want to be a part of this there is still opportunity for you to go and sign up i know that the Kentucky Distillers Association, as well as the Kentucky Bourbon Trail, put out a link, and you can go, and you can probably find it on their their Twitter feed, and you can go ahead and, uh, I guess, if you're in Kentucky, to help and coax your uh, senator or representative or whomever to say, go and pass this bill. We need more bourbon. Yeah, there's a nice. I I can't. I don't even know how to read the website to <laughs> go to. <laughs> but it's okay. You just stick to anyways. showing up and keeping the jokes coming, Ryan. Yeah, there, there's some link out there that you can find your Kentucky House representative and ask them to pass HB 500, which I have filled out two days ago. And we'll see if Ryan Cecil matters to my representative. <laughs> did you say, did you put it Ryan at bourbonpursuit.com or did you keep your, your regular Gmail? I did, G, I did my go green stuff. Oh, see, under. that's, that's what we got to do. You got to, got to put the pressure on, think that industry's watching them. Like yeah, I just don't want them bothering me. I don't know. I don't like the government knowing who I am. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep we'll keep hiding as much money. They know as we enough for my pursuit. tax returns. Yeah, so. yeah. We don't even want to see those yet. Well, those are those are for another day. Yep. But let's talk about the value of where the global alcoholic beverage e-commerce market's going. And right now, it's forecasted to reach thirty point five billion by twenty thirty. So according to a new report of researcher Insight Ace Analytic, the alcohol e-commerce is currently worth around $2.19 billion, and that the research is expected to say that it's going to expand at a compound annual growth rate of 34.3% from 2022 to 2030. Insight Ace Analytic noted that the North American region is set to bring the biggest sales, and the Asia-Pacific region, Asia region is also going to demonstrate the fastest growth in online sales due to the change in consumer lifestyle patterns. IWSR Drinks Market Analysis has also predicted the growth of alcohol e-commerce and expects the market to expand by 66% globally between 2020 and 2025. So, yeah, go buy go I buy Sealbox. That... Is Sealbox up for can we can we get some money together and buy that out of Blake cuz who knows, he might be in a raw, raw position right now. Yeah, can I'll take 10% Blake for <laughs> few cases of pursuit united there we go um i think that's just a little over ambitious though even through covid like in asia i could understand in asia you know probably i think like 60 percent of retail sales are online and in, in europe it's like in the 40 percent. but u.s even through covid never got above 25 and it actually went down last holiday season to like 20 percent of just like normal retail sales so Maybe in 2030 it gets there, but I don't know. Um, well, they were saying everybody's hedging bets. You know, Uber uh, purchased Drizzly. No, I still think it's going to be a big business. I just don't know that it'll be 30 to 40% of, 
you know, all of liquor sales. I, I think it'll be a nice, it's something definitely everybody wants to be a part of. I just don't know that it'll be that big, but who knows what I've learned the past three years is that us humans are very terrible at predicting the future <laughs> and, and uh, it just continues on. Well, if you'll take that side, I'll, I'll take the other side and I, I'll, I'll say it's probably going to get pretty close to it. I, I just know that the, the way that the shifting of, of just everything is going to an online first sort of approach, I think this is just going to be one step in that direction. However, we talk about the e-commerce market all the time, but the alcoholic beverage side of things is so stuck in a, you know, archaic time that it's going to be hard to really break through and, and make those numbers unless there's some real change happening at a foundational level, but it's got to go across at a federal level. This whole state to state BS is just too much. And I, I don't feel that as, as long as there's a governor that doesn't want to allow shipping to his state because he thinks it's going to skirt around him collecting taxes, then we're always going to have a problem. Yeah. And I mean, though, too, now, like with gas prices, the way they are just, like shipping, when does it, some point shipping just become so expensive? You're just like, uh, I'm <laughs> just going to go to my store, you know? I mean, but the thing it's is, already is that, expensive. but that shipping had to happen no matter what, right? Whether it, it shipped on a truck or whether it, you know, actually it, it shipped on a truck or whether that came in a box truck from a distributor that came to the store, like at some point, like the costs are all going to fold into it. I, I don't see a no, way around it. But, yeah, but then you're yeah, adding but, another tier to shipping. I know. Because I assume the way this is going to happen is it's going to go through, still going to go through the three tiers yes. to to get to, you know, to get to those numbers. It's still going to, the three tier systems have to be involved. There's no way that it is just direct to consumer only from the distillery without cutting those other tiers out. I totally agree. I totally agree. And not to get, you know, too much into the, the gasoline stuff, but I have a feeling that it's like everything else. Like it's going to regulate, it's going to either normalize, go back down, or everybody's just going to get paid more. And then it's just going to normalize. Like it's, it's something's going to happen. Everybody can bitch about it as much as they want, but uh, at some point, like that's just the fluidity of, of the market and whoever is holding, yeah, totally. who's ever holding the gasoline re or the oil reserves is the one that's in power. And it's like, you look at it, it's not like BP and Chevron. It's not like their stock is tanking. They're they're doing okay. I remember, yeah, because we had these same prices 10, 10, 11 years ago, and then they dropped back down. Now they're back up. Yeah. It's, who, who knows? Like I said, we're terrible at predicting the future. <laughs> we are. We are. We, we have yet to hit a roundtable prediction yet, so why are we? <laughs> why, why, why try to start now? Yeah. Yeah. So Maker's Mark, they are unveiling a new Maker's Mark 46 bottle and the design as well that highlights the brand's homemade values and helps better tell the story of the beloved and distinguished liquid that the fans have come to know and love. The new design puts the uniqueness of the liquid on full display, differentiating itself in the proprietary French oak process that gives Maker's 46 its characteristics layer of faceted flavor. Man, that was a tongue twister. While the bourbon inside of the bottle remains the same, the new bottle design reinforces the consistency of the brand's visual identity and tangibly brings it to life its premium legacy. Rob Samuels even said, On a distillery tour, a visitor told me he always thought Maker's 46 was aged for 46 years. And he said, not at that price, he joked. He says, I still chuckle about it, but I admire the bottle can cause confusion. That's why we decided to enhance the package in a great way, bringing it closer to my grandmother Margie's iconic design and stating clearly on the label of what 46 is all about. A first of its kind French oaked bourbon. What does 46 mean? I can't remember. It's the type of stave. So they had the, the 46 so it's stave, stave. number 46. It, okay. I don't know if it was number 46. I mean, we've talked to the people at ISC before because they were definitely a huge player in 46. And so they, and this was kind of uh, Bill Samuel's last hurrah. And that's what he wanted this to be known for was Makers 46. And so he said, what's something that we can do? Because it's not like they were to come out with a new recipe or anything like that. He said, how can we take what we have and put our own kind of spin on it? And so there is, I know we have some episodes out there, either it was with Bill Samuels or it was ISC. And then we talked about the 46 process and, and I don't know if it was actually the number, I think it was just, they called it 46. I don't remember why, um, but it was a French oaked type of stave that they used. Gotcha. I do like the 46. And I mean, it's just like something it. different, right? I mean, you gotta, and I love all those, uh, whatever RC, AC, DC, FAE, FAEs, RC, DC, AC. Yeah. Something like that. 
all those coated uh, staves, mm-hmm. those are always good too. Yes, 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 but, yes. Yeah, I, I'm assuming it's still got the red wax. <laughs> They're not getting rid of that. It's uh, it's kind of <laughs> yeah. If they didn't, I, I don't know what they would do. I mean, just put a screw cap on and be like, here you go. Here's our here's our new 46. What do you think, y'all? Really tells the story. <laughs> <laughs> this is what my grandmother had envisioned all along. So in honor of the 125th passing of the Bottle and Bond Act, Buffalo Trace raises a glass to salute E.H. Taylor Jr. with a commemorative single-barrel release hand-selected by Grammy Award winner Chris Stapleton. The joining of the two stalwarts of the Kentucky E.H. Taylor Jr. and Chris Stapleton resulted in their Bottle and Bond commemorative Chris Stapleton single-barrel bourbon, which is being donated to the Stapleton's charitable fund of called Outlaw in oh, sorry Outlaw State of Kind. This is the second year of the partnership between the two, and the two, the two prize packs are available for bidding now through March 17th on Charity Buzz. So here's what you can get. There's one bottle of E.H. Taylor's single barrel with a commemorative sticker, noting the bottle of Bond Day and the partnership with Chris Stapleton, including four tickets to Stapleton's April 23rd, sorry, yeah, April 23rd concert in Lexington, Kentucky, a VIP tour, and a tasting for four at Buffalo Trace. The second one is a bottle as well plus two tickets to a winner's choice of any Stapleton concert in 2022 and some E.H. Taylor branded merchandise. The remaining bottles will be autographed by Chris Stapleton and used by his charitable fund Outlaw State of Kind throughout the year to raise funds for various causes. Updates on fundraisers will be posted to Outlaw State of Kind. I love Stapleton. That, his voice just never gets old. It's And I'm going to that concert, so... There you go. Should, uh, you should, oh. crash that barrel pick. Like, <laughs> I'm here. Yeah, well, I heard about it. We talked about the this week in Bourbon. Well, maybe he'll listen Chris. to it and he'll invite you backstage. He's not going to invite me because I'm I couldn't probably name you one Chris Stapleton song. That's how bad I am. Well, Tennessee whiskey. Oh, I mean, you got to know that one. <laughs> yeah, okay, I know that one, but that doesn't ring too well with Buffalo Trace. Probably, actually, it probably does. Now that they well, they, own... they they now have, they have a Tennessee distillery. Yeah, now. they do, don't they? Well, never mind. Yeah. All right, Chris, you're so, all right in my book then. Yeah, I I bet those go for a lot because people love anything Sazerac. And then you throw Chris Stapleton super fans in there. Look out. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a, it'd be good for the charity. Yeah, it's good for the charity. You know, it's, it's interesting that somebody like this goes that route. Somebody that could probably be potentially creating his own whiskey brand instead mm-hmm. goes this route. I mean, that's, it's one of those things that I feel that we're going to see more, Celebrities start getting into the space, but this is just especially country singers. It oh, like easy. it's like a gosh, I mean, like a easy sell. Because not, not only is it easy sell, it's just like you you create a a large enough brand that has enough distribution. You don't have to sell it in stores. All you have to do is just have it registered in every single state and just sell it at you make it an exclusive at every venue you go and tour at, and you're gonna sell a ton of whiskey. Those satellite gift shops, you know, coming through. <laughs> <laughs> House Bill 500 in every state. Yep. Well, Buffalo Trace still stays in the news because they had a recent scare after an incendiary World War II bomb was found on the property. The incident happened last Wednesday when the archives team found the bomb while unpacking boxes from Booth's Gin. And this is according to Amy Presky, a spokesperson for Buffalo Trace. The building was evacuated and Kentucky State Police were called to the scene to safely remove the device. However, no one was injured, and the device was safely removed from the distillery without incidents. Sorry, without incident, according to Amy. It's unknown how long the bomb was there, and World War II ordnance discoveries aren't uncommon, according to the daily American military newspaper, Stars and Stripes. So Japanese soldiers disarmed a 550-pound World War II bomb last month after it was discovered buried underground. Unexploded bombs have also frequently been found in other countries in the decades following World War II, such as Germany, according to a 2015 report from the Washington Post. In addition to the World War II ordnance, explosives from the Vietnam War are still often found, and some discoveries, or sorry, and even some discovered explosives dating back to the Civil War, according to the Washington Post report. So Yikes. that's, that's one news article you didn't really <laughs> see blowing up everywhere, did you? Definitely not. <laughs> that like, one didn't make Mark Brown's newsletter. You open that one, you're like, uh, security? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was, I'm pretty sure that it was, they were in no harm of it ever exploding or anything like that. But 
I read it and I was like, how did did this not make bigger headlines? I I just don't get it, but it's probably something that's just, it was a local newspaper that kind of caught wind of it, but it wasn't an actual press release that went out. But it's probably somebody scanning the like police radio in town. (laughs) Hey man, I heard there, Buffalo Trace, they got a bomb in their bourbon. (laughs) Let's go check it out. (laughs) I can't even make a good comeback to that. (laughs) oh man that's what at my grandparents we used to do is <laughs> before because they didn't have cable or satellite or anything you would just they turn on the police scanner or the fire and just listen oh it really was, it's, it was hilarious man that's what the like, only time cat, people listen, cat stuck in a tree let's go <laughs> <laughs> the only time that people hear listening to the police scanner is usually on uh what like national championship day around here in kentucky to figure out yeah, yeah. Where the couches are on? Yeah, fire. what couches are on fire? That's that's kind of it's not. It's a bad thing to be known for, but we're unfortunately known for it. Well, because we win. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Hate us because of the anus. So Brown Foreman Corporation they reported their financial results for the third quarter, and nine months ended back on January thirty first, twenty twenty two. For the third quarter, the company's reported net sales uh, were. Uh, sorry, they had it increased around 14% over the prior year. And I have the number in here. And then I look at, I just must have fat fingered it. So I don't know the exact number, but I can tell you why this happened. And that's the Jack Daniels family of brands grew a reported of net sales powered by a 12% reported net sales growth from Jack Daniels, Tennessee whiskey. And that also continued the international launch of Jack Daniels, Tennessee Apple and strong consumer demand for Jack Daniels RTDs that were significant contributors to growth. Supply chain disruptions, however, adversely impacted the results for Jack Daniels, the Tennessee Honey, and their Tennessee Fire and Gentleman Jack during the first nine months of the fiscal year. Premium bourbons, led by Woodford Reserve and Old Forester, grew a reported net sales of 10%, and Woodford Reserve's reported net sales moderated, driven by such... Sorry, their net sales were actually halted by supply chain disruptions, resulting in a net decrease in distributor inventories. However, the tequila portfolio grew reported net sales in 19%, driven by double-digit growth, propelled by Herodora and Hell Hemador. I like both of those. Those are good tequila. Well, it, it's a weird thing is, like, I don't really like to put the financial stuff in here, but who knows? Like, if people like hearing the financial stuff, let me know. I, it's always interesting to see if, like, if you care about how well a publicly traded company is doing as it relates to bourbon, we can always slice it in here it's just always one of those things that i don't know people care if if they're I like nah, just tell me what's on the shelf i don't really care but it's not like <laughs> i find it interesting but yeah i, I just does i ended up buying some brown foreman stock so now i guess i should come out and say like oh yes uh all disclosure i bought like uh maybe a share or a half share or something like that <laughs> when i when i realized that schwab allowed you to start buying not a full share you could start buying like slices of shares I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I don't need to buy a full thing of Tesla. Like, I can just buy a little bit. What here. is their share at uh, Brown Foreman? Brown, uh, here, let's, let's, we can look it up real quick. So, Brown Foreman, their stock price is at $64.24. So, I could, I could, I could at least buy one. I think I could probably just get rid of a bottle and buy some. You only bought one share? Dude, I don't know. I'd have to go look. <laughs> <laughs> now we're going to. Let's. How much do you have in the stock market, Kenny? No. <laughs> I'm not going to divulge all that just because it's. It, it, I'm pretty sure everybody's portfolio is tanked right now. So, if uh, I guess if you had the funds, time now's the time to buy. Who knows? But if yeah, you look I at some Brown Foreman stock in my life, because everything else in mine's down. Yeah. Well, in the past year, if you want to go through the one year right now, Brown Foreman stock is actually down around 10. percent Yeah. So. Maybe it's not a bad time. Yeah, I thought it was down because of the supply chain issues. Like, it wasn't because of demand. It was just because they couldn't get product out the door. Mm-hmm. It's like, and I think I read, like, where their year in, they still, like, made a net profit of, like, $60 million. But their stock price went down, and I'm like, how's that happen? I don't get it. <laughs> you know, like, Amazon makes, you know, for years made zero profit, and their stock price just went up. Brown Farm makes $60 million in profit. It goes down. I don't get it. <laughs> It's it's a big racket. Remember, that's how it all works. It is. It is. So our last news story is that Evan Williams, of course, they are, and like everybody else, proud to support the U.S. military and veterans. However, they're doing it through their American Made Heroes Foundation Fund. This was first established back in 2020, but the fund continues to support the veteran communities since the launching of the Evan Williams American Made Heroes Program 
and their limited edition label back in 2015. To date, Evan Williams has recognized 42 veteran heroes on its own American Hero Edition bottles and donated $450,000 to nonprofits. For the third consecutive year through the American Made Heroes Foundation, Evan Williams will be donating up to $75,000 to veteran causes with each grant totaling between $4,000 to $6,000. The foundation fund applications are now open for the next few weeks. Uh, Actually, it's now you can apply now through April 1st, 2022, and it can be done at American, sorry, I almost said American, AmericanMadeHeroes.com. That's awesome. Yeah. Shout out to all our veterans. Appreciate your service. And this is great, especially when times like these, you really appreciate everybody who's, you know, sacrificed their, you know, everything for us. So thank you for, for all that. Yeah, second that one, second that one. And if you work with a veteran sponsored nonprofit, um, it's again, this is all just for eligible nonprofits so they can, you can get grants uh, going to whatever it is to help support. I know we've talked about it multiple times. I think on probably this week in Bourbon before uh, when they actually issued the grants sometime last year because we had launched this in, I think, October of last year. And at some point we had ended up talking about about all the different funds that it went to. I think it's probably like 15 to 30. So there's a lot of them. So just make sure you go if you work with them. Go and apply American-MadeHeroes.com. Let's go ahead. We'll take a break and we'll be back with some bourbon release news. If you're anything like me, then you can't get enough about bourbon. And that's why I'm a subscriber to Bourbon Plus magazine. Bourbon Plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon, the farmers who grow the grain, the distillers who labor over the process, and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all. Subscribe to Bourbon Plus magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S.com, and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point-of-sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify's point-of-sale is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns, from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone. Transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system or use Shopify's point-of-sale Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bourbon. All right. Here's some bourbon release news coming at you. And this is probably the most bourbon release news we've had in a while, even though Absolutely oh none of this has to do with spring releases or anything like that. Oh, actually, there's a little bit of spring release stuff in there. But uh, a lot of this is just kind of just like what's been happening around the around the block of, of bourbon release stuff. And is, is you, you may or may not like this, but there is quite a bit of RTD talk as we start getting here as well. And that just maybe it's just because there's a bunch of whiskey brands getting RTD. Summer's coming. Yeah, that's true. RTDs are made for summer. Yeah, get your fill up your boats now before gas prices go up even higher. Right for the boat. I know (laughs) that's what my father-in-law is like. The boat may not be leaving the dock. (laughs) (laughs) You might tube just like a hundred yards. Yeah, well, that's it. We'll we'll fashion some paddles out of barrels or something like that. We'll (laughs) we'll get out there. We'll make it happen. That's right. But before we get into RTDs, let's talk about some bourbon. So this is starting in March of 2022, which we are in March right now, but Chattanooga Whiskey's 2022 single barrel picks will be broadly distributed as a mix of four packs, and you'll have four different high malt bourbon recipes, each one hand-selected by their own distilling team. So in addition to their signature Barrel 91 recipe, the Chattanooga Whiskey distilling team has scaled up a number of award-winning Tennessee high malt recipes originating from their experimental single batch series. 
So each one of the four mash bills, known as SB091, weeded, roasted, and peated, contain a variety of unique specialty malts, each of them part a variety of rich aromas and flavors to the whiskey. Each mix pack contains at least one bottle of each mash bill, giving consumers a variety of options to pick from. So while buying an entire Chattanooga whiskey single barrel will not be an option in 2022, this single barrel mix pack will be more widely available in the marketplace than in years past. And more importantly, it demonstrates our distiller's innovative spirit to push the limits and change the rules of great bourbon and whiskey, said their CEO and founder, Tim Pearson. So aged over four years, Chattanooga whiskey single barrels are bottled uncut at barrel strength, and the tasting notes for each mash bill are available at chatwhiskey.com. And it's available at a suggested retail price of $60 for a 750 ml bottle. So you heard it here so, first. I guess nobody gets a single barrel of Chattanooga whiskey in 2020. I'm glad we got one last year then. Yes. Yeah. We got one and Those it sold out too. in record time. I know. But I mean, this is an interesting way to do it. I mean, it's. I understand. So are those in like uh, 375s or 200s? It or they, says 750s. Or the full, oh, so you get four 750s? I guess. I, or they're just going to be like, they're just going to be distributed out like as just like line extensions and you just got to go and find them and find all four. Oh, okay. I don't I know. I thought it, it came in a four pack. It called it a mix pack, but at the very end it says available at a suggested retail price of $60 for a 750 ml bottle. So that's why I was like, is oh, it there? This is a different way to kind of do things because, of course, I'm sure there are people lined up out the door to go and do a single barrel pick. And, you know, fortunately, we were selected to do one last year. And, you know, me being me, I'd probably knock on his door and be like, hey, <laughs> get another one. Like, what do you think? Uh, I know. And so we'll, this is we'll a... send him an email after this. <laughs> <laughs> and so this is a way to not choose favorites and just kind of put it all out there in market. And you kind of... I think the only thing you miss is that whole, you know a face-to-face picking experience the yeah picking the barrel sort of thing and you just gotta just gotta go and find all four and Trust trial the distillers <laughs> mm-hmm. that's what it comes down to but Which, interesting way to do things i trust them they got they, they got some good people there at chattanooga so i trust them i like their malting it's all good stuff it's not it's not like harlan or jimmy or i mean sorry eddie going and be like Ah, uh, just pick this one. For, <laughs> just put for it out this there. State. It'll be fine. Yeah. I wouldn't worry about it. All right, here we go. RTD Pursuit. This week in RTD's coming at you. Because all we got is RTD talk for a little bit here. So Bullet Frontier Whiskey is introducing a premium line of whiskey-based ready-to-serve cocktails called the Bullet Crafted Cocktails. These perfectly crafted drinks are ready to pour straight from the bottle with the Bullet Manhattan and the Bullet Old Fashioned. So to help the launch, yeah. So to help the launch of the bullet crafted cocktails, the brand is putting ready to serve cocktails in the hands of those on the frontier by working with bartenders on a content series exploring the unique ways to garnish and by celebrating with cultural pioneers, starting with those breaking the boundaries of film and television at the Film Independent Spirit Awards in Los Angeles. Built, sorry, bullet crafted cocktails are a permanent addition to the bullet portfolio and are now available nationwide. The Bullet Manhattan and the Bullet Old Fashioned ready-to-serve cocktails are available in 375 and 750 ml bottles. They are 75 proof and has a suggested retail price of $30. For how many? Uh, one. One $30 for one. But it's it's like a, it's it's literally a cocktail in a bottle. It's not like. Oh, a, it's not just like not a can. can. It's okay. not a can. It's a, it's gotcha. a cocktail okay. in a bottle. It's still technically so it's like ready the, to drink. So it's like the gold fashion or. The big bottle we tried. Yeah, what was that so it's, yeah, the gold fashion. I mean, you've got a. There's a lot of them out there. What Jefferson's had their own Manhattan in a yeah, bottle. Yeah, they had the Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. They had that one. So there's a lot of them that have have done it in the past. And I think for some reason I always think of RTDs in a can. So I apologize. That, well, I mean, probably that's the more accurate description. But this is that could, could, could slide into there. I guess I don't see a reason why not. Yeah, I. I'd love for him to try them and be good, but um, it's always easy to make it to yourself sometimes. Yeah, I got a good system. I like it mm-hmm. <laughs> dialed in, but I'd love to have one in a can. For I've yet to have a good like Manhattan or old fashioned in a can that I can take on a boat or camping or this and that. So if you're out there, you, make it happen. Do you really need like a, a 12 ounce Manhattan? 
Mm, eight <laughs> ounce. Doing it, do the mini cans. <laughs> I was going to say, you need like like little shooters or something like that. That's It was like a, a 12 ounce Manhattan, man. You'd, you'd be sipping, hopefully you're sipping on that one for a while. If not, it's probably like six Well, hell, those seven Sagamore more. ones are what, like 10%? Yeah. yeah. Nine or 10%. Those are probably the best ones I've had. So far. So far, so. Until we talk about these and maybe some more roll through the door and they'll they'll let us try some more here. Yeah, I'm excited to try that those bullet ones. I'm not surprised. I figured Diageo would have those much sooner. <laughs> well, we'll uh, we'll go to the store. We'll pick them up. We'll have RTD Pursuit or Whiskey in a Can Pursuit, Cocktail something. We'll figure it out. That's right. So Rod and Hammer's Slow Stills, they're a California distiller of award-winning craft spirits. They are now introducing their new line of RTD canned cocktails, cocktails, made with all natural ingredients and Rod and Hammer's Slow Stills whiskey that's cut with Pacific using purified ocean water. These unique oh. very... <laughs> I'm sure there's not a lot of salt water in there, but, you know, reverse osmosis gets rid of a lot of stuff. I know, I'm kidding. That sounds good. These unique variations of traditional canned cocktails are true, bold, and authentic. Flavors include a whiskey margarita, a whiskey mule, and a whiskey paloma. Each come in a Ooh. pack of four 12-ounce cans, 11% ABV, and has a $18 price tag. See that? Now that's my jam. I want a whiskey paloma. Mm, that sounds I'm, I'm, even if it's Pacific water, salt water. I'll tell you what, I'm a big fan of margaritas, but if you tell me I can swap out tequila for some whiskey, I'll I'll give it a go. Dude. You know I love the bourbon mojitos at uh, ceviche. They, ceviche needs to make a canned cocktail out of those. <laughs> no, no, no. We need to work on it now. That's that's what it comes I know. Out now. That's yeah. We need to call. Can't remember their chef's name. Lamont Lamas. Anthony Lamas. I'm gonna call him tomorrow. Well, let's like, just let's dude, just start working. Let's on get it. collab. Let's get let's get an RTD going, man. Yeah, we'll get with flavor we'll get man to your whiskey. We'll figure it out. Who knows? <laughs> so. More RTD talk. The Jack Daniels Distiller is bringing its popular Jack Daniels canned cocktail series to shelves nationwide following the highly successful regional launch that was back in select states in 2020. So the ready-to-drink cocktails featuring Jack and Cola, uh, Jack Honey and Lemonade, and Jack Apple Fizz will be available across the country starting this month, each offering made with real Jack Daniels Tennessee whiskey and has a 7% ABV. The retail price for a four-pack of 12-ounce Canned cocktails is $13 and single cans are $4. Dang, that's not bad. You Didn't can, they have those a long time ago? Well, they've or? done, and even Jim Beam, like, I mean, they've done Coke, whiskey and Coke in a can and export markets for a very, very long time. But that's what they were talking about the sales of this being up in the prior part of the episode. However, yeah, yeah. this is now going to start rolling out nationwide because apparently it was only in select regional markets. So if you saw this, you didn't even know it. You were a test market. And apparently you liked it. <laughs> so is much there, that they said, we're, let's, we're They're opening it up. Let's blow this thing up. Blow it off. But that's the end of RTD pursuit right there. So we can go on with more bourbon. Sound good? Let's, yeah, get back to traditional. <laughs> <laughs> so the second batch of Blue Run High Rye Bourbon is being released this week. It's a small batch whiskey with Bourbon Hall of Famer Jim Rutledge overseeing the production of Castle and Key. Blue Run's Kentucky Straight High Rye Bourbon is distilled from 65% yellow corn, 30% rye, and 5% malted barley. The new whiskey director, Shaylin Gammon, oversaw the dumping and blending of all 232 barrels, each that were toasted to a number four alligator char and aged in Frankfurt and bottled in Bardstown, Kentucky. Blue Run High Rye Bourbon clocks in at 111 proof, and this time it has a $100 SRP and can be found wherever high-end luxury bourbons are sold across the country and Canada this week, as well as online at Blue Run Spirits, powered by Sealbox. However, I did look at the- You said 230 barrels? 232 barrels. Yes. It's a lot. Dang. So, um, gosh, you're at probably between 40 and 45,000 bottles on that one. So that's a significant jump. And I noticed the price decrease, too increase is that what you said decrease actually is an increase so is it yes so uh, it was funny I because the high rap bourbon was like 120 no 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 so actually i i started doing some a uh, little i didn't do some digging they had sent the press release from the prior one and i looked at it in the prior press release batch one had an srp of 90 dollars. so they actually increased uh-huh. it 10 dollars this time maybe i was thinking of the single barrels yeah the single barrels are are definitely probably up there um but yeah this large-scale production run maybe that's why what color is the butterfly does it say it actually said it's the same exact color 
So it's like that, like uh, the iridescent candy kind of thing, candy paint, yeah, candy paint. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it just yeah it depends on which angle you look at it. Starts changing chameleon colors on you, something like that. That's the best package in bourbon. It paint. really is. It, it, it always looks good. It's fantastic. Kudos off to them. But also yep. kudos to Michter's because their master distiller, Dan McKee, and master of maturation, Andrea Wilson, they have approved the release of Michter's US-1 barrel strength rye. The shipment to distributors and importers begins this month. And then has a suggested retail pr- sorry, a suggested retail price of $100 for a 750 bottle. Sorry, 750. I'm just spitting all over the place with my words over here for a 750 ml bottle this is also a single barrel product and the average proof of all the barrels in this march 2022 release is 111.6 proof sounds tasty it's always a solid one how often do you get a good 111.6 proof well-aged kentucky rye not mgp kentucky rye yeah i love the mictor's rise because they're that you know, more corn forward, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, gateway rise, which, uh, yeah, they're, they're nice. The Mictors ones are really good. They were a huge inspiration for United Rye. See, you hear that y'all? We, we love y'all Mictors. So, yep. Let's uh, give us some barrels. Let's, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, let's drink some Mictors 25 year together. Maybe we'll just do that. But you know, take some barrels, whatever it is. <laughs> No, shout Good out. Collaboration. Actually, yeah, I actually saw Andrea at dinner uh, this past weekend when I was out, went to went to dinner and saw her out. And she was drinking with uh, a group that she was with. And I don't think she had noticed me yet, but she had a, a Glen Karen with some bourbon. But as we were leaving, I went and stopped to her. And I said, I'm, I'm sorry, ma'am. Is, is that Blanton's that you ordered? And the whole table just started <laughs> cracking up. So, That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. You like ponies <laughs> on top of your bow. <laughs> All right. So Barrel Bourbon is releasing Batch 32. And Batch 32 began with a balance of two sets of barrels, a selection of five and six-year-old barrels with a creamy and tropical profile, and a selection of six, seven, and 10-year-old barrels vetted for their complex and old woody character. These two sets of barrels were slowly blended over three months. And a small group of spice-driven seven-year-old barrels were with notes of cinnamon and, sorry, with notes of cinnamon toast, coffee bean, and chocolate were then carefully added to complete the blend. They were distilled and aged in Kentucky, Tennessee, and Indiana. And of course, it's bottled at barrel proof, 115.32, and has an SRP of $90. I know it'll be good. It always is. It's always is. It's that lucky batch number 32. It'll be a, it'll be a surefire winner. Can't wait to try it. Yep. So Buffalo Trace Distillery, they are announcing a new major milestone with the release of OFC bourbon whiskey distilled in 1982. This ultra-rare whiskey is the distillery's only vintage-dated bourbon and will be the first bourbon release in a colossal 6-liter-sized bottle and sold as an NFT on BlockBar.com. The five bottles of this highly limited release are part of the 2022 bottles that Buffalo Trace Distillery has pledged to give away in the year of 2022, and they'll be auctioned off during a five-day event starting on Monday, March 14th. It marks Block Bar's first ever auction and the first bourbon sold on its platform. The five bottles of OFC 1982 will be auctioned off with a starting bid of approximately $25,000, or around 8.83 ETH. Bids can be placed on blockbar.com, and they are using Ethereum as well as Fiat. Let's see. Uh, it's going to end on Friday, March 18th. And proceeds from each wow. winning, the final bids will benefit the following charities. The World Central Kitchen, which is a nonprofit that goes to provide meals in response to humanitarians, climate and community in crisis, currently supporting thousands of refugees in and around Ukraine. The James Beard Foundation, Elton John AIDS Foundation, The Art of Elysium, and 261 Fearless. Each of the five NFTs will represent an authentic six-liter-sized bottle of OFC Vintage 1982 that will be available to redeemed by December 31st, 2022. And when redeemed, the NFT holder will also unlock a personal invitation to Buffalo Trace for a private VIP tour experience that includes exclusive tasting of whiskeys from its rarest and most sought-after private collections, including some previous vintages of OFCs. And hopefully you get to stay at the cabin on top of the hill. <laughs> I mean, starting bit of 25000 What do you think that's going to go to per bottle? Oh, gosh. I'm going to say eight. I'd say six figures. You think so? Uh, yeah, I could probably see it. I mean, gosh, I just wish I would invested in crypto a lot earlier and then you would have 
just compounded all your Ethereum into something and you'd be like, oh, I'm just kind of playing with house money on this. But aren't all these politicians trying to like shut down crypto to like get it Russia or something? I don't know. Like they're not trying to shut it down. Everybody wants to collect taxes on it. That's all it comes down to. Right. And so that's already, that's kind of already started. You have to have have some sort of special limit or rate or whatever it is. And you'll get a, you'll get a 1099 in the mail or something like that. I don't really know what it is, but there's definitely a uh, a push for for something like that, but shit, you're not gonna like, crypto's not going anywhere. That's like Trump saying he was gonna shut down TikTok. Like that was never gonna happen. I, I, it would surprise me if six figures is in these bottles future. I mean, people go crazy over just Blanton. So imagine 1982 OFC six liters of it, and you have an NFT. Like, I mean, people pay for donkey shit on or whatever these drawings are these digital things on <laughs> oh yeah that's uh that's a lot so let's see so six liters is gosh how many how many 750 I, i'm not even gonna do the math right now but that's got that's quite a it's quite a few bottles out of there that's you don't you don't see a six liter bottle of bourbon ever i don't even like the old handles the, the what do you do old, with that old granddad cradles you couldn't even do anything you would have to keep it in a styrofoam coffin is what you'd have to do to make sure that thing never falls over. I, I yeah, I would be scared to just serve it. <laughs> it's so heavy, like, <laughs> like oh, oh crap, <laughs> you know. I'd I'd have to get like, my old bottles of, especially after seeing my friend drop a three thousand dollar bottle of fifteen year old pappy at an auction. Yeah, I would be really scared to handle that bad boy. Yeah. You definitely uh, no butterfingers. Make sure you're about as sober as can be when you go and touch it and the white glove treatment all the way. Yeah, I feel like it should come with like an automatic dispensing system. <laughs> like <laughs> like uh how about a, how about a wine, very long straw? Would that work? Those cuvenators or whatever they're called. You go to those wine bars where they they have a bottle of wine in there but it dispenses it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I feel like I would invest in one of those for it. Just to just like make sure you don't put tip my glasses. That's right. I don't know. I think it's probably just easier to do what you did as a kid. Just get like nine or ten plastic straws, fold it up just a little bit and just keep sticking them inside of each other and just suck it out of there. Just put your finger on top. <laughs> draw somehow. Exactly. Get a pipette. I'm sure somebody smart enough that'll figure that part out. Yep. But let's talk about the last two big ones. I mean, that's actually, that's a, that's a pretty big, pretty big bourbon news thing right there. But here's another one. And this is Heaven Hill coming with some movers and shakers here. So Heaven Hill has announced that the spring release, the 2022 edition of Old Fitzgerald's Bottle to Bond Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey will be 17 years old. This is comprised of barrels produced in the fall of 2004 and bottled in the spring of 2022. The ninth national release ushers in the latest Hallmark series to be in the Bottled and Bond legacy. It meets the strict requirements of a Bottled and Bond, the product of a single distillery from a single distilling season, aged a minimum of four years and bottled 100 proof or 50% alcohol by volume. This will be available at a suggested retail price of $185. But in addition, they have also released a new product line, and it's called the Heaven Hill Heritage Collection. And the first one is a 17-year-old barrel-proof Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. So this is a again a new collection and it's going to happen every spring and this annual highly unlimited sorry highly highly limited release will be featuring some of the distillery's oldest inventory of aging whiskey heralding the exacting standards of Heaven Hill Distillery as practiced since 1935. The collection will feature one of the six traditional American whiskey mash bills produced by Heaven Hill. This first edition features Heaven Hill's uh, I guess you could call it flagship one, 78% corn, 10% rye, and 12% malted barley, and bottled at barrel proof of 118.2. With an age statement of 17 years, this release is made up of 28% 20-year-old barrels, 44% 19-year-old barrels, and 28% 17-year-old barrels, pulled from Dietzville, Glencoe, Shenley, and Heaven Hill's main campus warehouse locations. Each Heaven Hill Heritage Collection bottle will be accompanied by a premium box and a signature blue with double H insignia stamped in gold to signify Heaven Hill. As this will become a signature of the collection, specific attributes such as warehouse site locations, production dates, mash bill percentage, and other designations will be noted prominently on the packaging. So the collection 17-year-old barrel-proof Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey will launch nationally with a limited basis with an SRP of $275. You know, I used to 
we'd eat probably ironically about 17 to 20 years ago because I was 16, 17 years around the Glencoe warehouses <laughs> and all those barrels were probably on the first floor. So there's a chance my grass clippings went through the window into the barrels. <laughs> just touched a barrel. And, Maybe just touched a barrel. And just touched a barrel. But uh, I mean, this is, I think it sounds pretty cool. This is, and they the have price tags, they I have mean, it's do. expensive, but not like annoyingly expensive. It's not annoyingly expensive. You're right. Because at a 17 year, they could have charged way more than that. But, you look I at mean, it, it. Will it? That would probably be like oh, twenty five hundred bucks. Exactly. Not even a question. But when you look at this, is I feel that this is the, it was this is such a good move to make because what other high age premium offering do you have? I mean, they came out with the Heaven Hill twenty seven year uh, a, a while ago, a few years ago. That one was just kind of like a one off. They didn't kind of create a collection around it, create something that they can continue to do. And it's not like you want to take these barrels and put it into Elijah Craig 18 and sell it for $100 less a bottle. So you're looking at how do you keep the the premiumization going and how do you elevate the Heaven Hill brand? And this is probably why you're starting to see all the, the green label, white label pushing off away from the store shelves because you don't wanna be associated with that $12 whiskey, you wanna be associated with this $275 whiskey. But in my opinion, this is, you know, they're one of the few distilleries that can pull this off because they've got the stocks and they've got the good whiskey to kind of go along with it too. Yeah. Now I love the packaging too. It's beautiful. Um, yeah. Now you understand why their other whiskeys is now called quality house. And <laughs> not, exactly. I mean, not heaven Hill, but, uh, when I saw this press yeah, release, yeah. I said, God damn, how many 17 year old barrels y'all got sitting around? Well, it's like, you know, cause Parker's used to be, you know, this, I feel like, and then it, it's had some good, decent ones the past couple of years, but there was a, you know, four to five where it was just kind of, uh, well, they went through the, like know, the experimentation and, phase. Like that's right, where it started. Throwing. Exactly. It's like, it either goes to Parker's or it goes to Heaven Hill select stock beyond that. What do you do with it? And it's not like you want to throw a 17 year old barrel proof. And I mean, I guess you could throw it in a Parker's, but then you got to throw a price next to it. I think they just, they have enough to go around that they can create all these product extensions and people like us will eat it up. But I do love the transparency that they're doing by saying, this is the percentage that it's made up. These are the the warehouses it's pulled from. Yeah. Because that's what totally. whiskey geeks love to find. And you're going to have it in some ornate packaging now. I mean, it's it's a home run right there. You got to have Dietzville in the package. People <laughs> yeah. only... <laughs> if they ever come out with one that doesn't have Dietzville in it, everybody's going to be like, nah, I don't know, I don't know about that. I'm past hard pass. <laughs> It'll be the best tasting whiskey ever. It's like, nah, <laughs> oh, Glencoe. Oh, no, no Dietzville. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here's our last one for the night. And it's not even bourbon, but I saved this one for last because we always ra- see the random stories. So, you know, Marylanders, what, what does Maryland do best, Ryan? Crab cakes, football, and Sagamore Rap. <laughs> there you go. The crab cakes is where I was going for because they hold Old Bay near to the same level as pride. Ooh, as they do Old state Bay. Flag. Yeah. So, you know, white, blue, or so, you know, we got blue crabs with Old Bay as a classic. They've also eaten it on everything from potato chips to cheese curls. It even is in its own hot sauce. But now McCormick and Company is launching Old Bay's own vodka. So McClintock oh, Distilling, no. it's a Frederick, sorry, Frederick, Maryland-based craft distillery that was founded in 2013, and they were apparently enamored enough with the Old Bay pitch that they built out a dedicated facility to produce the six times distilled corn-based 70-proof vodka that perfectly highlights the quintessential flavor of the iconic Old Bay Spice blend, according to the brand. I guess they got, that. I guess that Arby's vodka was so <laughs> got everybody popular, thinking. they just, they just got to... Double down and be like, <laughs> we got a seasoning. We can make we it can create a vodka. vodka. I mean, it's like I mean, Arby's, everything you put in a, a, you know, cocktail. They got the meats. Yeah, you put in a cocktail, <laughs> you put in a, you know, morning cocktail. I'm sure people go crazy over it. I love Obey. I mean, it makes anything taste good. <laughs> well, if I, if I see a bottle of vodka for you, I'll get it for you, Ryan. But maybe, I don't know, maybe not vodka. I don't know. <laughs> I guess it'd be good for... Bloody Marys, but... Oh, easy. Why, uh, why would it not be good for Bloody Marys? I, I But I feel like you're hamstring to that <laughs> alone. So maybe the Bloody Mar- Mary market, Bloody Mary market is it's that big that... Maybe? I, I don't know. You, you should probably... We should probably consult an actual person who makes cocktails instead of us that says, we love our RTDs. If they become pre-mixed for us, we love that. 
Can you make us an old bay RTD? <laughs> That's what I'm really missing on my pontoon. Put a little bit of lime wedge on the side and sprinkle some old bay around the can lid. Perfect. Can you make it taste like old bay lemon and shrimp? <laughs> That's what I'm really looking for. <laughs> it's like, could you really use a crawfish boil right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so that's going to do it for this really extended version of This Week in Bourbon. I told you there was a lot of news to go through, but we hit a lot of it. But hopefully no more Old Bay Vodka next week, and maybe we'll be a little less on the RTD train. But Next week will be Lowry's. (laughs) (laughs) Extra sodium vodka. Here we go. That's right. (laughs) With that, cheers, everybody. We'll see you next time.